welcome to the podcast. I'm Hannah. And I'm Katie. And this is One Kiss, Kiss Meets Forever. This is the podcast where sometimes, because of the magical uh, mystery of social media, you get a writer who says, hey guys, you're awesome, and maybe you should uh, have a Christmas present for me and we'll talk about my movie together. Anyway, that's what's happening today for this movie. Hannah, talk to us about it. Yeah, so um, today we are talking about a movie that I believe just dropped on the internet. I don't think there was like a an airing of it um, called A Vineyard Christmas, and it dropped on November 3rd, 2023. Um, so we're going to do our regular episode as as we do, um, but stay tuned. You, you'll get a little uh, extra bonus stuff in there, too. Yeah. So this is what Real One, who are the producers, um, say about this movie. Heather Marquez, host of Tannen TV's popular show, Read Between the Vines, is determined to create the perfect Christmas episode by featuring a unique winery from her hometown in Vermont. I just want to pause. It's very much not Vermont. It's very much Washington State. Yes. <laughs> the specialists in ice wine. The only thing standing in her way? Rudy Knobloch, the attractive, stubborn owner of the winery. And it stars Nikki McKenzie and Victor Zink Jr. And it's written by Katie Wilbert, which is important. Yes. So here's the synopsis of what goes down in A Vineyard Christmas. Heather Marquez, played by Nikki McKenzie, is the host of a wine enthusiast TV show. Right before Christmas, her scroogey boss decides that even though she explicitly told Heather to keep Christmas out of the Christmas episode, she now wants the perfect pairing of Christmas, wine, and family. They have to appeal to the home and family types. So she'll have to work through Christmas, but if boss wants Christmas, Heather knows a great winery she can feature that hosts a Christmas festival and, win-win, it's right near her father's house, so she can still go home for Christmas. Upon arriving in Lake Chelan, which is a real place in case anybody wanted to know, Heather learns that the winery she wanted to feature has been sold, so she no longer has a relationship with the owners. But it's okay, she can charm the new ones and feature them instead. She's sure they'll, they're still, you know, putting together this Christmas festival for the town because, I mean, what new business wouldn't do that? <laughs> Arriving at Knobloch Family Wines, she meets Rudy Knobloch, played by Victor Zink Jr., and he is not the warm and friendly type. But his little brother, Anton, comes to the rescue and helps Rudy give Heather a tour. At the end of the tour, Rudy gives Heather their winter special tasting— Ice wine with grandma's German cookies. Heather knows that she found a perfect wine to feature for her Christmas episode, but Rudy is resistant to the idea, even though they need the customers. Anton, on the other hand, is all for it, so he steals Rudy's phone and texts Heather that they agree and she should draw up a contract. But the next day, when she goes to present the contract to Rudy for his signature, he has no idea. But fortunately, Heather is good with words, so she does manage to convince him to sign. Rudy is not very comfortable on camera, so their first day doesn't go great. Heather suggests a team-building exercise to get them more comfortable with each other. But no, she does not invite the camera person, Shannon, because 
I guess team building is only for on-air talent. I don't really understand. Um, Heather and Rudy enter a snowman building contest. While they don't win, they do start to bond. Heather suggests they get a Christmas tree, but Rudy is not the type of guy who buys a Christmas tree. A rugged man like that cuts it down himself. Thank you very much. Yeah, manly tree. (laughs) The next day, Heather and Rudy are much, much more comfortable on screen together. They make puns and laugh with each other and are making TV magic. Shannon also starts to suspect some feelings between the pair. They discuss the ice wine making process and then how to make grandma's cookies. And Heather feels like it's really working. But her boss doesn't feel like there is enough Christmas. Heather's father decides to revive the tradition of Friends Christmas, which they haven't done since her mother died, which is a cultural Christmas potluck with friends. Surprise! Besides Heather, Shannon, and her dad, Shannon suggests that they invite Rudy and Anton. Heather's father makes both Filipino and Irish dishes. Shannon makes latkes and challah because she a Jew. And the Knobloks bring Glühwein. They do karaoke and even light the Hanukkah candles, complete with a mini Hanukkah lesson. Because, you know, if you don't celebrate Hanukkah, you don't know anything about it. No. Heather walks Rudy out and they end up under the mistletoe. But Rudy is a gentleman and will not kiss a woman who does not want to be kissed. Very nice. And just Hannah has to teach me about Hanukkah every year. (laughs) In order to get more Christmas into the episode, Heather convinces Rudy to do the Christmas festival, even though there's only a few days and they really can't afford it. But they decide to do a big friends Christmas theme. So people are coming in with their own cultural traditions. They work very hard to get a whole festival set up in days with food and activities. And Rudy officially asks Heather out. But then the forecast comes in. There's going to be a freeze, which means that they have to harvest the grapes for the ice wine. Rudy explains that they are beholden to the weather and need to cancel the festival. You know, they can't do both the festival and the harvesting. They just don't have that kind of manpower. But Heather suggests that they get participants in the festival to help instead as a special bonus. So rather than a festival being a hindrance to winemaking, it actually helps and goes super fast. Heather's boss calls and is super happy, so happy that she decides Heather can be done filming and needs to come back to L.A. Her dream of a European version of her show is now greenlit and she had better get to work. Heather tries to have it all and stay longer, but her boss is not someone who hears other people. So Heather tells Rudy that she's going to leave and... Wants to try and date long distance, but Rudy has been through that before, and he says no. Heartbroken, Heather gets through Christmas and goes back to L.A. Rudy is also kicking himself because he regrets telling Heather to leave. It is Anton to the rescue, as he is finally able to talk some sense into Rudy. He wants to run the winery and knows Rudy never really did. He's ready to take over so Rudy can go do whatever he wants to do you know, and pursue Heather. 
Back in LA, Heather is avoiding thinking of Rudy, but Shannon convinces her to go back to Lake Chelan for Women's Christmas on January 6th. Ugh. <laughs> but that is the actual date of Women's Christmas in Ireland. We're going to talk about that later. Um, upon arrival, she finds Rudy on her dad's porch helping out with some chores. They both admit they actually want to be dating, and Heather invites Rudy to visit her in Europe. So they kiss right under where the middle mistletoe was just a few days earlier. And since one kiss means forever, we jump to Valentine's Day. Rudy has come on to read between the lines as a co-host. They are in Italy and on camera. They say their first I love you's. The end. Yay. Yay. Okay. My first thing I wanted to, to say, which is I didn't know where to put it. Okay. But if we celebrated women's Christmas, we wouldn't have the insurrection. <laughs> <laughs> so true. <laughs> Let's just do that now. <laughs> but also, I think you're saying that if we, the people who would take women's Christmas seriously because the whole point is that in theory like the woman has done more work and prepped for Christmas so the men need to clean up mm -hmm. the insurrectionists would not be those type of men who would do that I'm anyway just, if it was a <laughs> if it was a cultural thing where that was whatever all the men be at home and the women would not have done this <laughs> I don't know that's True. generalization however <laughs> I think you are completely correct though. <laughs> um so let's let's jump in I, I have a lot of notes and I don't know where to start okay I'm just going to jump in randomly because there's a lot of random things that I feel. Um, Friends Christmas. <laughs> yes. First of all, terrible name. Second of all, where to friends? Right? It was like, <laughs> he wants to have friends Christmas, but the only friends that are there are shannon heather and then she ends up inviting rudy and anton like does the dad not invite anybody else so then why did he want friends christmas yeah i was like does the dad live here without any he doesn't talk to anybody like i'm like really sad about this dad <laughs> i i also this might be weird and i'm hoping we get some answers about it i I'm glad it didn't go in this direction, but I thought the dad and Shannon were having a like a flirty flirt. Yeah, you know? I'm glad it didn't go in that direction too. I also like I actually really enjoyed that for a second Heather was like, "Ooh, Anton and Shannon," and then Rudy was like, "No, no." Yeah. No, no. <laughs> Not as good. I, no. I I'll I'll bring that up later. I have a part for that but um okay so here here's one thing i would like to talk about so she she like needs to redo this episode and she's like well great i'll go to lake chelan because that's where my dad lives and i'll just do a winery there and i think that is like a winery you know it's it's not you know 
Sonoma, but I think there are a few wineries. Why is, does it have to be this winery? Can't she just go to another one if they don't want to do it? I think the thing was that that particular winery had a great Christmas festival, so she went there first. Right. No, I, I which I completely understand. But when they were like, we're not doing the Christmas festival and we don't want to do this. Yeah. We, she didn't want to check out any of the other ones. Maybe they would have had something. I, I don't know. It just seemed a little like forced I get what you're in saying. that regard. Um, so there's that. Um, I also want to talk about everybody's name in this movie. <laughs> okay. Just, it was, like, really questioning every single character name <laughs> in every capacity. Like, her dad is Manny, I think, which I guess is fine. Yeah. And Heather's fine. Shannon, I was like, are you, are you 50? What? There aren't Shannons in their 20s and 30s. But oh, okay. there are. I have no Shannons. I grew up with Shannons. You did? Absolutely. Like more than one. But then we have Anton <laughs> and Rudolph, which I understand why it was Rudolph, but he doesn't look like a Rudolph. He doesn't look like a Rudy. He doesn't got a red nose. I was like, I know. I hate this. I hate, I hate him being Rudy or Rudolph. It upsets me. And then Knobloch. Like, I actually, I want to know, does she know any Knobloch's? Because that is... That's a name. It's, it's a name. And, okay, there, there are two things I thought of when I hear the name Knobloch. One is, and he's got a big knob. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then I also thought... Blah, blah, blah's blah, blah. <laughs> we are on the exact same page. I kept on saying I wanted it to be um, blah, blah, blah's blah, blah as well. And if you're not sure what we're talking about, that is an Arrested Development. Um, the first, the thing that Hannah sung is Love Actually. If you have stopped watching Love Actually and you forgot. Um, but then the second one is an Arrested Development. Um, we don't talk about Scott Bayo anymore, but uh, his character on that show. <laughs> Uh, but like like it it just it was like there's so much and it was like that it's too it's we, we need to make like i get that it needs to be like a germany kind of name but like there are others we could we could do it and we liked fine. it <laughs> it was I so cool nowak hey yeah um do you want to do one or do you want uh, <laughs> I, I, I have some things. Um, okay. Okay. So I'm a big punner. I love puns. I love words, pl um, uh, playing with words, wordplay, I guess is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> um, but some of them are, it's, so when you start to like someone and they make really stupid jokes or talk in stupid accents that are actually cringy, it comes a point where you just got to bang. Because you really don't think that this, these things are funny. They're not charming. They're not cute. And so you just got to bang it out. 
So you can stop <laughs> laughing at that shit. And hopefully they'll stop doing this shit because then you'll have more things to talk about and you're like charm, you know, like that goes away and you can just be authentic people now that you've banged. And so I felt like that's what most of their conversation was off camera was just like, I'm going to make stupid jokes because really what I want to do is just fuck you right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, like, I mean... I mean, it's it's very tropey to make stupid puns, and that shows you like somebody. But uh, wow, I was gonna say the the biggest question I really really had. Well, besides, and I, I feel like I want to ask this later. Okay. Um. Well. Okay. What's on my mind? At the end of the movie, Anton gives him a pep talk and is like, um, you know, go after your dreams. And Rudy's like, I'm gonna go. I'm going to do it. He gets up and goes. And Anton's like, oh, right now. Okay, cool. But then what we think is going to happen doesn't happen. And it's like you kind of assume he's going to like catch her before her flight leaves or or something or follow her to L.A., right? But instead, she's the one that comes back and he's on the porch. <laughs> <laughs> true. True. Um, Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> sorry. I mean, Rudy. Rudy is a very confusing character to me. In that, um, I, I don't really know why he's so anti the filming. I don't know why he's the one on camera. Oh, Shannon explains that. She just basically says like he's like Anton should be the one on camera. She goes, "Oh, Anton doesn't look like you." <laughs> Anton is cute enough. I agree. I, 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 I agree, but Rudy's but, got that chin, which some people like. Yeah, yeah, but like, I, I think, I think you could. I mean, it, like, obviously, you're not going to get the love interest part, but like, it was like you have like a charismatic person, and you're cho- you're actively choosing not to use him, which is strange, right? Um, but like, I don't like other than like not wanting to be the person on camera. I don't really know what Rudy's like hesitation is because he like knows they need money like that's like a whole thing yeah um and then but like he warms to the idea like it's it's feels like a big 180 very quickly um and then by the end of the movie he's now a co-host and he like goes from being kind of like grumpy taciturn to like co-host material in a very short amount of time but then, like, also at the same time, like, he, like, has some, like, true personal drama, like, heartache that, like, I genuinely understood. And I was like, why isn't Heather understanding this? Because, like, he basically gets dumped for Europe twice. <laughs> <laughs> and, like... That's got to do something to your psyche. <laughs> sure. I mean, for sure. But it sounded like with his other with his other thing, I feel like okay, this was my this was sort of my confusion and they have a winery in Europe that the parents are taking care of. They're taking care of their Oma. There there's a winery mm-hmm. there, um whatever. So I feel like with that previous relationship 
if he had wanted to like do a swap with his mom or something for a couple seasons so he could see his girlfriend, I think that could have been possible. And but because he said no, because that didn't happen the first time, he like that he feels like he can't do it with Heather. But there's another like built in episode going to their German winery, <laughs> which <laughs> yeah, it would be great. <laughs> yes, I agree. Um, okay, I had, I had two more things I want to touch on. Beautiful. First, this Christmas festival. Do you pay to get in? Does it make money? Does it break even? What is the wh- what is the business model for this Christmas episode? Christmas festival? I have questions because I got the impression that people were potlucking it, but then it doesn't look like they're doing that. And maybe it's like vendors and booths. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't really know. Do you pay for the foods that you get, or is it samples? I don't know. Or, or like, or I thought maybe like, oh, maybe it's like a ticketed event, and you can go in, and then everything's free once you're inside kind of deal that I like that would but like there's got to be some money somewhere right yeah gotta be but I was I was confused about that the second um is read between the vines I love this name I think it's great I don't think that's the tv show she's making because there's no books yes oh my god wouldn't it be fun to pair a book with a wine I would. That would be amazing. Go to a winery, visit a winery, and pair and do a pairing of book like with this like, is a lo- a, like a local author or something like that. That or you know, even if it's not a local author, let's say you know, like here's like a. Uh, of course, I can't think of anything right now, but like, um, you know, here's, you know, a Merlot, and it has like notes of whatever. Which like evokes the feeling of which makes you think Catcher in the Rye or you know whatever sure. it is you know sure. like I it, the the read part wasn't in the show and I was I was excited for it to be in the show but it's not in the show so I don't think the title matches the show. Let's make another one. Let's do it again and have that same have a sequel. Yes. Read yes. Between the Vines, the literary version. Yes. I just, that's what I wanted. I wanted some uh, books. <laughs> I wanted to have her to have her little picnic with her book. I'm sure there's some kind of like robust Romanian wine that you can have while yeah. reading Dracula, you know? like Right. Right. Exactly. That, that like maybe has like the look of blood. <laughs> Tastes like the blood of children. Impaled. On stakes. Yes. Mm. Um, but yeah, um, th- those were my main things. There is one part. I just I just mm-hmm. noticed this this um this note, and I felt like I had to say it because sometimes it felt like the the acting part of it didn't quite match the writing part of it in a couple of different moments. But this one jumped out at me. After Rudy breaks up with her, she's back at her dad's house and she's like full on sobbing on the couch. And he sits down. He goes, you seem brokenhearted. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not like a, oh, something's off about you. It's like I'm having a meltdown on this couch. And you're like, something wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Made me laugh really hard. (laughs) 
Uh, should we jump into Hallmark Hallmarks? Yeah, because I got it's it's a big list. There's a yeah, lot. That's a pretty decent list. Um, someone must work through Christmas. Yep. Cancel your plans. You're working. Do this, and you get what you want in your career. Yep. Someone is obsessed with Christmas, and I say that based on decorations alone. <laughs> um, the boss is very busy and very cold. Hmm. We have unwarranted antagonism between Rudy and Heather. Yep. Um, we have a struggling blank, which is the winery. Yeah. Christmassy name, because his name is Rudolph. Rudolph. Um, I did really appreciate that he was like, he. she was going to say something, and he was like, I'm stopping you. I've heard them all. I promise it's not original. <laughs> like, no, it's not. That's cute. That was very And funny. I really, I was like, I was like, yep, yeah, you're right. They do own a red truck for the winery. Mm, mm. Um, the family is on different pages because one of them is out and one of them is in and they are not talking to each other about it. True. So. Snowman building contest. Mm. Someone says, you will not regret this. <laughs> uh, mom is dead and life is hard. That's my next one too. We have cookie baking. Cookie baking. Um, they, we have the trope where they say something at the same time and that makes them like melt a little bit towards each other. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, we have the, you've got a little something moment. Yes, we do. So many different traditions to learn. <laughs> We've got to save the winery festival. Take your pick. <laughs> and we only have seven days. <laughs> we have a snowball fight. We do. We have a getting it done montage. Mm -hmm. He was engaged once. He was. Oh, my gosh. I have some things before that, though, but I love that. Um, okay. Uh, cutting down a Christmas tree. Mm, yes. Yes. Um, I'm at the end for me. So if you had a few more I before do. he was engaged. Um, she has a signature necklace. Um, it's like a pretty Ooh. gold circle with like a blue kind of swoop in it. Um, oh, okay. we talked about the festival a lot. Obviously there's a festival. Yeah. Um, they get the town to help with the harvest, which reminded me mm -hmm. a little bit of like, um, falling for you and other things with whatever. But, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, she has to go back to work ending the relationship because she's leaving um, and there's a pep talk. Find what you want and try not to be scared of it. Yeah. Um, so right at that part, someone doesn't want to take over the family business. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I actually said, I did not see that one coming. Like that one was like, oh, <laughs> all of a sudden we have doesn't want to take over the family business. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that was that was a big surprise. How about Pretty Parade? Um, so she wears these like high waisted wide pants with like sailor buttons that are red for um the friends Christmas and I really liked them. Nice. Um Did you have any? I did. Um I just they were not fashion related, but mostly um one of them was they have the mugs that they have at her house are really cool. They were kind of mm -hmm. these like neat clay-y tapered blue glazy guys. Um, I thought they were really cool. And um, 
there's a, a, a we haven't really talked about like the shots like we haven't had a cool shot in a while but when he's down and out and Anton's about to give him like the I want to take over the family business talk. Um, there's just this really beautiful like shot where he's at the bar and the colors are beautiful and it's warm and the way he's framed just looked a little bit more, I don't know, um, visceral and beautiful than anything else in this film so far. So I think the cinematographer had fun with it. I uh, I mean, I do say that that tasting room in particular, I was like, I abs- 100% would go there. Yeah. Like that, that looks like a, it's beautiful. It looks. I, I was just impressed with that. Okay. Um, and her coat count that I got was five. In case anybody's wondering. All right. Cross the universe. The only one I have is we have seen Rudy before. Um, Many uh, times. A few times. Um, the only episode that I remember him being on, maybe you know more, it was Love on the Sidelines. Mm-hmm. Um, we I actually re-listened to that episode just to see if we said anything about him. Um, but he's also in an upcoming episode or yep. either upcoming or just happened depending on how we air this. <laughs> <laughs> We'll either have just talked about him or we will be talking about him again. Yes. Um, yes, that that is true. Um, I've seen him many times. Um, I Though the one that this reminded me the most of, um, Victor Zink, because um, he's like a ruggedy woodsman-y person here. He like likes the outdoors. And he was in this pair of movies a few years ago that I'm a hundred percent sure you did not see Katie called romance in the wild and Christmas in the wild, um, where he is like a rescue person and there's a forest fire and he has to go rescue a lady and they fall in love (laughs) and then they, they get it. And then the winter one is they get engaged. Um, but I, I just had the same kind of thoughts. He he felt similar, but the other, uh, across the universe, I think like, it's kind of weird. I don't think I've ever seen Ice Wine in person. Oh, really? Um, no, I don't think so. I mean, I know, I know it's a real thing, but it comes up in these movies a lot. And specifically, I was thinking of The Perfect Pairing, which yeah. is a Hallmark movie with Brendan Elliott, where they make Ice Wine. Oh, but that's, I feel like I know how to make Ice Wine because I've watched these types of movies. <laughs> And which is funny because this movie, I think, was supposed to be called A Perfect Christmas Pairing or Christmas Perfect Pairing or something like that. There was like an alternate title. Yeah, clearly, there was an alternate title. But Hannah, it surprises yeah. me that you've never tasted ice wine because you used to live with the person who told me about ice wine. I, I'm I'm so not surprised by that at all. She seems like somebody who would absolutely know about ice wine. I just don't feel like I've ever had it. Or if I've had it, nobody told me it was ice wine. How funny. Because I'm pretty sure my first taste was from her at your old apartment. That's so funny. Um, or unless yeah, I Yeah, either I didn't know or um, I wasn't there for whatever reason. <laughs> but it's fine. Very I, fine. It's okay. It sounds. It doesn't really sound like my kind of thing. It sounds like it's a little sweeter than I like my wine to be. It's very sweet. So. New and noteworthy? 
I really enjoyed their traveling Christmas band, even though they're not really playing their instruments during the harvest. But there was a keyboard and a flute and a star tambourine. I enjoyed and a karaoke that. machine. Yeah, I liked it. Um, I had a few that I was really impressed with. So first, I think this might be the first mistletoe that I've seen where they don't kiss in any capacity, like not even on the cheek. They don't do anything. They're I like, no, we we're not there. And I was like, I love this. Good for you guys for being like, no, that's weird and creepy, actually. And then this is the first movie that I can think of where we see them turn the Christmas lights out before they go to bed. <laughs> I know. I was sad about that, actually. <laughs> I think it's, oh, of course you want to turn the Christmas lights out before you go to bed. I know, but it's still sad, especially because it's <laughs> Christmas Eve. And that was like the one night my mom would let us keep the Christmas lights on the tree all night because mm. Santa had to have them on, you know? Okay. Sure, but like it, it, I felt like they did a lot of like the outdoor lights. It didn't know. I don't know if it was the tree that they turned off, but like it was like the outdoor lights, which like of course you need to turn this off at night. Yeah, you know, when you're them on a timer. Exactly. Exactly. So um, I had I had actually one more new and noteworthy. Sure. We don't often get into Valentine's Day in a Christmas movie. That is true. That's I thought true. that we, was we, really cool. Then that would make sense timeline-wise, you know? Yes, absolutely. Did you have a supporting shout-out? I thought Shannon was super cute. I like Shannon. So this, I wrote, uh, you know, incredibly early on, and I'm sticking with it. My supporting shout-out was Anton. And my note is, if this man is not the gay baby brother, I'll be mad. <laughs> And then he is absolutely the gay baby brother, and I was so happy. <laughs> yeah, I was happy about that, too. Very cute. <laughs> like, I, you know, there was a moment there when they thought, when, you know, she thought it was going to be Shannon, and he said, like, oh, no. And I was like, oh, he is gay. I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Kiss meter? Kiss meter. So we get two kisses. I called them the women's Christmas kiss and the Valentine's kiss. Love it. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So women's Christmas, I gave a 6.75 because I appreciate the nod to the not their mistletoe. And I also appreciate that he's standing on the stairs for the height difference because yes. he is a million miles tall. Yeah, that's actually one of my notes is like, how tall is this man? He's so tall. I tried to look it up. I couldn't find it. Um, But it didn't feel quite as natural as I would have liked. I, like, I don't know. It felt a little rehearsed mm -hmm. um, in all of that. Um, that being said, they go for it. Yeah. There's like tongue. Uh-huh. I gave it a seven um, uh, okay. for the, pretty much the exact same reasons. They aren't under the mistletoe. I love that there's that difference on the stairs. And it, it looked like they wanted to be kissing each other. But I agree it wasn't the most natural of uh, beginnings of the of the yeah. kissing. Yeah. Um, so the Valentine's kiss, I gave a seven because 
Um, I thought it was really sweet. And, like, they're having, like, a little moment of, like, oh, I love you, too, like, thing. But I don't like that it was on – I mean, it wasn't on camera because Shannon stopped filming, mm-hmm. but it was going to be on camera. And that made me a little uncomfortable. Fair. Shannon often did dip the camera down to look at them with her own eyes. And I was like, you're ruining <laughs> the shot, Shannon. Shannon is super fun. I enjoy her. I enjoy that she is like, I've never encountered Christmas before because I'm Jewish. So, of course, I've never encountered Christmas. <laughs> She's kind of a terrible photographer. Right. <laughs> She's always. But also is the only other person. I, I don't I don't understand their, like, setup. But it's fine. It is fine. Um, I gave this, I gave the second kiss a six um, because I thought that I loves you were I thought they were kind of meh. I think they kind of kissed twice. Um, the first mm-hmm. one was a little bit of a funky kiss. And then the second one, they were like going for it. So I liked it a little bit mm-hmm. better. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, it, whatever. He's tall. She's short. I, <laughs> I'm i not sure. It, but, but whatever. I don't care. <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> so Katie, do you recommend people watch this? Because it should be available to everybody on something. Yes, I would actually. I actually kind of liked this. Um, I thought it was it full of all the formulas, all the tropes, your basic, you know, movie. Overall, I thought it was sweet, like ice wine. Um, it's definitely one that I'd have on the background, but, you know, Billy had come upstairs to kind of sit down with me while I was watching this. And at the end, he goes, that was kind of cute. Yeah. And I was like, cool. How about you, Hannah? I, I'm... Right there with you. Like, my note says, sure, it was sweet. It's not great, but it's cute. Yeah. And that's kind of all you want out of these, really. Like, either you want them to go, like, bonkers bananas in a place that is absolutely insane. Or you kind of want them to do this. Because, like, I, you know, this is one where, in a rare case of these movies, I was like, oh, these are two adult people who are trying to have a relationship. And... They have some childish moments, but, like, they talk to each other like adults. Mm-hmm. That's that's refreshing. <laughs> and I did, like, kind of the – I liked the multiculturalism for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was nice. Um, I, I did as well, and I appreciated them bringing in, like, real traditions. I, I've never seen anybody pass a menorah around like that, but that's okay. I was going to ask Everybody you about that. Different. <laughs> That is one thing that I really appreciated with, with like, I hope they talk about what night of Hanukkah this is. It's not like a, here's a Hanukkah thing. And she's going to be like, bitch, it hasn't happened yet. Or, you know, like, yeah. or right. it's only she did say night, like, oh, so. it's the last night of Han- Hanukkah. She like did say it. Cause also like when they brought it out with all the candles, I was like, uh, and then yeah. she does say it's the last night. And I was like, oh, okay. We're good. I appreciated that. Well, and, and they did. They did light it correctly because you light it with the shamash. So. Hannah with all the knowledge. Yeah. And now we're joined by Katie Wilbert, who wrote this movie. Yay! <laughs> Hi, Katie. Hi. Hi. I did it. I wrote a movie. <laughs> that is so cool. Which is super exciting and, it you is. know, and impressive and all, all the things. Um, oh, thanks. You know, <laughs> so I don't know if, do we want to start with questions or? Sure. Actually, yeah, questions. We want, I yeah. want to learn all about you before we dive into the, the work itself. So 
Yeah. 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 So, I mean, if you want to start by telling us, you know, what, (laughs) who am I? (laughs) Who are you? Where did this come from? All of that. Yeah. Um, So I, I was telling Katie before you hopped on, but um, I moved to LA. I don't know. I've been here like 15 years now, Um, but I originally came to LA for acting um, and then found my way into improv comedy. And from there started writing sketch comedy. And that's really, I think where my writing journey started though. I was into songwriting before that, like as a kid. So I guess it was always a bit present, Um, but I really didn't, I wouldn't have called myself a writer even like five years ago, even though I was always doing it. Um, I think I was in denial a bit that I was like, no, no, I'm still first and foremost an actress. Um, But now, yeah, now I definitely feel like I'm a writer. This is what I want for my career. Like acting is fun. And if I get to do it here and there, that's great. But um, I really fell in love with it along the way. And then I mean, I, I write mostly comedy. Um, so with my writing partner, Amy Maestri, she and I have been writing for like a decade and um, we do like a lot of R-rated kind of <laughs> stuff. So this was a departure and this was also a solo write. So, um, and that's because I kind of during pandemic really got into romance novels, I think because they have happy endings <laughs> and maybe I needed that, that I was like, I just need to know ahead of time how the book's going to end. <laughs> like, and the surprise is like how they get there, but like, I need to know everything's yeah, going to be okay. Um, and yeah. And so I really like vor- voraciously attack romance. Um, and along the way was like, uh, joined Romance Writers of America and started digesting like hours and hours and hours of um, audio seminars about how to write romance. Um, and at first it was more just because I loved it so much that I wanted to just like know about it. And it still hadn't yet occurred to me that like, I want to write romance, <laughs> but I just was like, I love romance so much. I need to like be in and around <laughs> it and just hear all about what people do. Um and then it, I kind of put two and two and was like, well, I like comedy. I like romance. Why am I not writing that? Um, and literally once I made that decision and started brainstorming ideas, everything like clicked into place in, in a way that it, it just never had. Um, I mean, I, my friend, Laura Holiday, who's an amazing songwriter and director, she connected me to a gal named Louise Alston, who is uh, a director of a lot of the real one um, rom-coms. And she, she just connected me to all these people and it just happened like, and things don't happen that fast ever. Um, But once I did reach out to real one, I had basically sent a log line and they were like, we like this, let's work on this. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) That just happens universal alignment no truly truly universally aligned um so actually my first movie that i wrote for real one uh was not a vineyard christmas this was my second one uh the first one has not yet been made um but a vineyard christmas is my first film to have been produced um gotcha so and that leads us to now uh which is that it's out and that's crazy and um I guess it still doesn't feel real. And I, even when I was getting the dailies <laughs> of the footage, I was like, I don't understand. Like they made, they made something or wrote. 
it's the weirdest thing on earth, but the best. I mean, it's so fun, but um, still a bit like, I don't know, you do a thing for so long and you like tell yourself it's like really hard and maybe it'll never happen. And then it does. And you're like, did it happen? <laughs> it did. And you can... <laughs> Streaming now on Peacock and Pluto and Prime. <laughs> right. Yeah. We, we can prove it. We have a whole episode on it by the time anybody's listening to this so it's real <laughs> we've all seen it yeah. it's all good <laughs> so you have said that you are you have listened to our podcast yes. Yes. um uh and so uh one of the things that we like to talk about is is like the tropes and things like that um so we want to we wanted to know they we you'll listen to this episode we have a thick long list of hallmark hallmarks yes. um <laughs> What made you want to specifically write about this particular story? And what, how did you mine through all of the tropes that we usually see? Like, what was your formula? Yeah. How, how did you decide how to put it together? Um, I knew about Ice Wine. I've still never tried it. I wrote a whole movie about Ice Wine. I bought my producer Ice Wine as a thank you when it got greenlit. And I didn't buy myself a bottle. So am I inauthentic? Absolutely. A hundred percent. Who says you should write what you know? You know, you know? But I did a lot of research. Um, but I, I had heard about ice wine at what point? I don't know. It was bobbling around in my brain. Um, and I had a friend, uh, her name's Claire Copey, and she is actually an actress turned sommelier for a social media company called Som TV. Um and she essentially does what Heather does in the movie, which is she goes to various vineyards and tastes and does pairings and like talks about it to camera like a food and, you know, like food network or whatever. Um, and I found that really interesting. And I guess I'm always um, interested in a career that's slightly something we haven't quite seen before. Like she's not just a sommelier. She's like a sommelier on TV. What is that? Why? Um and so that was kind of the inspiration was like, I like this vocation. I think it also would make for a great Christmas movie because of ice wine. So I like paired those two together. Um, and then I, I love a lovable grump and I love an enemies to lovers. And so I just mishmashed it all together. Um, and, and then that is, essentially how it it came to be though it was initially called the most wonderful time of the year because I was really trying to like lean into the cheese I was like if I'm gonna write one of these like let's know what this is right um we like puns, puns, puns. yeah uh, <laughs> and since that that title didn't stay I forced it into the movie um and then they say it several times <laughs> <laughs> so I I got mine in the end um yeah right uh, <laughs> what they do not say is a vineyard Christmas. <laughs> Never once. Um, and it was after uh, when it wasn't the most wonderful time of the year because they had been like, we don't want an alcohol in the title. And I was like, oh, OK, um, that's fine. Then it was the perfect Christmas pairing. And it couldn't be the perfect pairing. Why? Because we know that already exists. Um, we watched it. I listened to your episode about it. Um <laughs> And the, But it was called the perfect Christmas pairing for a bit. And that is why that phrase is mentioned, like, I don't know, 85 times. So many times. Yeah. yeah. I didn't yeah. count, but it's probably 85. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that was the conception of this this movie in a, in a nutshell. 
if you go through and count them all, you can email us at <laughs> Perfect. Maybe I'll get drunk and do that. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There you go. W- was there anything like trope wise that you wanted to put in the movie that you just like couldn't make happen? Um, no. I mean, there were definitely scenes I wrote in that got cut here and there just through different drafts. The big thing that I was, like, not ever going to do was have her, like, leave her big city job and, like, move back to a hometown for a guy, which is why I literally have her saying that almost verbatim, like, you want me to, like, leave my badass career and, like, stay with you? Uh, And they even cut a line that he said, that she says, which is, like, some dude I just met. Um, And he's, like, really offended. I think they cut that because they were like, we don't need to lay it on. Um, But that was something that I was, like, was not going to do. No one told me not to or whatever, but I just was, like, I can't um, do it. I like her career and I want her to have her career. Um, and if anything, he can follow her. Um, so that was something I knew yeah, going yeah. into it. Oh, God, spoiler. <laughs> we we go through the whole uh, yeah. synopsis. Yeah. No. We are a spoiler full episode. Yeah. I lo- yes. Good. So not <laughs> yes. spoiler. You knew. Everyone yeah. knows. <laughs> yeah. You know, shocker. Um, they end up together. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm sorry. What? Actually, one of our favorite favorite Hallmark movies ever, or made for real TV romances, is uh, she does go away to like the big city, and he's like, "Yeah, do it." Like falling for you, like she gets a big career thing, and yeah, like that's new and noteworthy. I mean, um, yeah. we were really interested in all of the like the Friends Christmas, all the cultural pieces, um, and we were sort of wondering, um, did you have those cultural aspects in mind when you wrote it, um, like the Filipino background, or did you wait till the it was cast um, before adding all of those bits? Yeah, so I knew, like, I mean, it is a cheesy romance, but one of the things that I like about this movie is that I was able to keep this middle section of the movie which is all about this idea of friends christmas we all come together share our cultural traditions um and i knew going in uh that rudy was going to be sharing a lot of his german stuff because i'm german and all of it is like almost directly from my own life um and then i had written heather as multicultural to begin with like she was always part irish but originally she was written as part puerto rican because i had done a lot of research on um christmas traditions and i really fell in love with the paranda which is essentially like christmas caroling but like way cooler like with trumpets and trombones in the street at like midnight and and like almost like this sort of snowballing of like stopping at a friend's house and like you go in and it it just was like so festive and lively and I, I really wanted to incorporate that so in the ice wine scene when they when now they are karaokeing down the vine that was originally a paranda um, but we, we kept the musical element in because when Nikki was cast, um, and Nikki's so amazing. I love her so much. Um, we decided to rewrite her to like reflect her own cultural background, which I was really excited about. Um, and I reached out to Nikki and was like, 
can I talk to you about this? I'd love to reflect some of your own personal traditions, if not your own personal traditions from like your family, then a more overarching cultural tradition, if you're comfortable with that. She was really excited. Um, so her and her mom and her auntie, like they, they all gave me information and um, I was able to incorporate that into the movie, which feels like a real win. Um, Cause totally, you know, I, I always want to try and write, people as authentically as possible and especially when I'm not Filipino like that was I'm just like really cognizant of that um and so I was really grateful to her and her family for contributing and I think it's special for her too because now we both watch the movie and it's like oh I see my Oma's cookies in the movie and she gets to talk about her Lola's roasted lechon and it's like really nice um and so yes while it's like a fluffy Christmas movie for me that feels like the biggest win ever and Nikki had said growing up she'd never seen her Filipino culture reflected in a Christmas movie and so even small things like um the lanterns that you see outside of her house um are called peril and they're like um traditional Christmas Filipino decorations and so they're just like little elements that we got in the movie that I really feel like add authenticity to it and I hope it means that like you know, maybe there's some Filipino kids out there who will watch it and be like, oh my gosh, that's what our house looks like at Christmas time. And I don't know, that feels like a, a win to me. So that alone has made me like really happy. And it feels like a, um, I don't know, a big win <laughs> that we got to do that. I love it. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it, it played very well for, you know, for sure. watching it as being like, oh, wow. Like it actually, like, you know, you don't have to even really know anything to be like, yeah, of course, this this woman is part Filipino. And like, right. Of course, she would have these traditions. Like, yeah. That makes complete sense. And it feels, you know, real and lived in in a way that sometimes specifically, you know, I say as the Jew, um, the the Jewish ones don't. <laughs> Right. Well, and I've I have so many Jewish friends who have like also done like write ups on Hallmark movies where they uh, are all about Hanukkah and they get it wrong. Um, and I that was another thing, like when I was um, doing the scene with Shannon, and everyone's lighting the menorah and like talking about what that is. Um, I had talked to my friend Isaac, who is the most um, like practicing Jewish person, like because uh, I was like, I want, like, I want to be doing this right. Um, well, I, I will say, no, I, I just, I actually wrote myself a note. I was like, I'm so impressed that she put it in the window because no one ever puts it in the window, but that is supposed to go in the window. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, that's what my friend Isaac, Isaac, and I really loved that. And I guess something that I found as I was writing it too, is that I just was like, oh, it's like, this is such a special time of the year and it is in part because we all are celebrating sort of a very similar thing no matter what you believe it's like this warm feeling in your heart and you want to like show people and be proud of what you celebrate and so um yeah like I really love that element um of putting it in the window and like reminding everybody that like miracles do happen and also I have so many Jewish friends I used to nanny for a Jewish family and so I've been to Israel and had like proper Shabbat with a Jewish family in Israel. And so like, I really, I really love Jewish culture. So, um, and I, I, I don't know, feels like more important now than ever that we all like 
share our cultural traditions and like celebrate them together and be like, how cool that we're all different and the same at the same time. Um, right. So different, different traditions to celebrate essentially the same essentially, thing. Essentially, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's another thing that I'm really excited that was in the movie and these movies, the buyers, I mean, I was told like they're, I wouldn't be able to put certain things in because a lot of times their demographic is like 60 year old French Christian women. Um, and so I was like, are they going to like cut my Hanukkah scene? I wasn't sure um, because I feel like some of these movies are so like heavily like Christian, Anglo-Saxon, like, I don't know. Um, so I was thrilled that like all of my cultural stuff got in there because it's the thing that I like the most about the movie that I'm like, yes, yes, yes. It's about romance. But like also can we talk about like how fun it is at the holidays to like talk about what we celebrate and like how we do it? Um Yeah. And the, food. and the food and they have so many <laughs> scenes of like rolling food making food people eating food um which is the best part of any holiday so agree actually really get into the all the close-ups of the food and i'm like who filmed <laughs> this like kudos to them like i want to know whose hands they are <laughs> yeah well speaking of things that you're required to take out because of demographics um i was wondering about anton yes. and his sexuality yeah. and you know it's i, I wouldn't say more? it's subtle but was there more in there initially yeah i there definitely was a draft where that was more clear um there also was uh was a line um in the fireplace scene where heather and rudy are like I fucking the shit out of each other. Um, <laughs> but they're like finally having like the heart to heart and like shamelessly flirting. Um, but part of that conversation too, there was like a more inclusive line that was like, why isn't there a Mr. or a Mrs. Uh, Knobloch? And they each said it to each other and it was like cute and cheeky, but like also inclusive. And uh, they filmed it, but it did not make it into the edit. And that was one thing that I was like, I don't usually get like too bummed when stuff isn't included, but it was such a small thing to just cut the second, like, or Mr. or whatever, um, that I was like, oh, rats, like, that's fine. Um, but, you know, it's like, just like such a little thing. Um, but no, I, I feel like if I got to do another draft, there's a couple things I would change, but making Anton's story a little more clear, because uh, I feel like I've talked to some people and they're like, oh, he was gay? I didn't even know. Like, I thought him and Shannon were going to, like, have a love story. I was like, no, no, like, he definitely is gay. And you get that little moment where he, like, gets the guy's phone number at the end. But it almost looks like that could be anything. <laughs> or if you're looking at your phone, like so many yeah. of us do while watching these, you'll you miss completely. it completely. Um, well, yeah. can I just read you the note I wrote about yes. him? Probably about 10 minutes into this movie, yes, which was... Yay. If this man is not the gay baby brother, I'll be mad. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I do feel like, um, and I've seen Lucas in other movies, and I, I feel like he um, like added that layer to his character without it being like, I'm now playing a gay man. But I felt like there was a layer to it where we were like, okay, like there's something here um, that hopefully when you see him get the phone number you're like okay yes but um and when rudy's like yes yeah, shannon's not his type not his um, type. that you're like okay i knew it um 
but yeah, no. Yeah. And Anton's definitely gay. Yeah. When, when that was made clear to me, I was like, oh good. I'm so happy. Yeah. Yeah. And there definitely was a draft where it was like, like verbally more clear and somewhere mm-hmm. along the way it uh, became visually clear instead. At least it's at there, least it's at, there all. at all. Like that is all always. A I know. As well. Yes. Um, we, uh, I, I think, can we just ask the final question, Hannah? Go and for I it. I think I'm satisfied. Yes, go. Um, we would love to know, uh, you are so into romance and, and this, what is your favorite, uh, either rom-com holiday movie or just your favorite Christmas movie, uh, full stop? Uh, well, my favorite rom-com, not Christmas, is, uh, The Wedding Singer. Um, I think it's a genuinely good comedy, and I think a lot of rom-coms are not. I think a lot of rom-coms are actually just romances with a happy ending, which is technically what makes a comedy a comedy. But if we're talking about like funny comedy, um, The Wedding Singer is like top notch. I rewatched it so many times. It stands the test of time. Also, their chemistry is so great. Their love story is also really lovely. Um, I don't know how many times we've talked about Church Tongue on this podcast. <laughs> we certainly I mean, have. And in preparation... I had to explain it to my husband. And he's like, what's church tongue? I was like, what are you talking about? Are you kidding? Like, you know I was in love with Adam Sandler when I was young. Like, yeah. come on. <laughs> what is really? Also, I've heard nothing but amazing things about that man. But yeah, that would be favorite rom-com. And then favorite Christmas movie. Um, like romance Christmas? You decide. You, you can, yeah. Inter- however you interpret the question. You know yeah. what I loved? Um, and this is a newer movie that came out on Hulu was um, The Happiest Season. Did you see that? <laughs> well, first of all, <laughs> there's way too many of these movies. Uh, my movie included. Like it, you look at all the posters next to each other and you're like, oh, dear God. Like, I feel like I'm hallucinating. They all sort of look the same. And you're like, how do you ever work your way through them? I don't know. Um, but The Happiest Season's really good. Um, listen, I I could talk to you for a really long time about Kristen Stewart. Um, her resurgence, I think we all owe her a really big apology um, for <laughs> hating on her. Not because of her performance in Twilight. I think we get to have our feelings about that. I'm talking about sure. the whole like cheating thing. I'm like, she was young. He was old. Why did we not get mad at him? But we got mad at her. I have a lot of problems with that. So, well, I- <laughs> you know. Uh, society society that's, is yeah, the problem why. yeah i guess it, it's more of a hypothetical question yeah. why um but she's great in the happiest season um there's a sister character in it who's so funny um i think it's a sweet story and it's also like nice to see representation and um mm-hmm. there's not uh a ton of even though like hallmark is starting to do movies that feature the queer community like there's still not a ton and that that isn't even saying if they're like quote-unquote good or not like funny or right you know you you enjoy it or whatever uh and the happiest season is two thumbs up awesome yeah i think in terms of like the hallmark ones that are do becoming inclusive i think we're probably like two or three years out from there being a truly good one yeah Mm mm-hmm it, like it, if we if we're going by Hanukkah standards, it's like what like five or six years ago they started to do one Hanukkah one, mm-hmm. and last year's was like the first acceptable one. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, that's really true. Also, there's so many mandates um, going into these of what you can and can't write. Even small things from like, we can film about 30 extras and that's it. So like pick and choose. You want a Christmas festival? Then that's where they're going to be. And then the rest of your things need to be just the two of them. Also, like the best friend can't be in every scene, even though she's technically filming. Um, so we have to get her out of there. So she should, I don't know, she can go spend time with the dad, which then, I mean, I, I have a, I could go on about that, but there's a scene where they use a close up of Manny and he like smiles warmly at Shannon. And I'm like, there is chemistry there. Okay. We talk about that. Friend. <laughs> <laughs> I am so glad you brought that up, Katie, because we, we that definitely came into our, like, is there something going on <laughs> between Shannon and... I mean, you please dad? tell me. Like, I, I watched it and I was like, oh, shit. Like... <laughs> Shannon and Manny are not just hanging out. They are banging like that was or they want to like that was my reaction to that one. It was this one particular shot like they were already being friendly. But this one shot they're in the kitchen. She's like sitting on the counter and he like yeah. smiles mm -hmm. over at her. And mm -hmm. I was like, <laughs> I was Heather, my mouth was a gate. Can I be your new mom? <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> so funny. I mean, I really like their relationship that they have this like intergenerational friendship, but no, it definitely in that moment and maybe other moments came off as like maybe there's a B love story that we're not seeing. Um it was not written that way. Um but it's it's actually if anything more the editing because of if they had like even kept like deleted that one close-up is of his face looking at her lovingly we would have maybe just been like yeah they're just like chilling or you know like hanging out and whatever but there are a couple shots where you're like love is <laughs> something going on yeah <laughs> okay so speaking so that was kind of a what the fuck um so i feel like this is a perfect yeah. segue into yes. um some what the fuckiness so we'd love to hear some more of your thoughts on your own movie yeah what the fuck um well the first one uh the first time i watched the full cut with my husband we both were like oh man rudy is being a dick for no reason at the top of this movie He's got no reason. Mm -hmm. Unwarranted <laughs> antagonism, anyone? <laughs> you know, like, we really don't learn about his, like, inner life until, like, 45 minutes into the movie. Um, to Victor's credit, Victor plays Rudy. Um, like, he reached out and had so many questions, which was so great. And, and also, he's playing what he knows about Rudy. So I'm like, this is a writing thing. This is not a performance thing, in my opinion. I think he did so great. Um, I think that we didn't get the information we needed to be like, why is this dude behaving this way? Um, and that's because it's written that way. Like, I went through and I was like, no, 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 no. Like, that's what I put on the page. But it's coming off as like, like, what is your problem, man? Like, chill <laughs> out. Like, also, you want to help your winery? Like, here's this beautiful, funny, charming woman who comes into your winery and is like, I here, here's some free fucking publicity. And he's like, ah, not interested. Like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> and we get a little of like Anton kind of being the voice of the audience being like, what are you talking about? Like you want to fix it. This is how like also um, you can't live your life not trusting people. So we get some of it, but we also don't get like the fuller picture of him being like, I'm an internal processor. Rudy is shy. Uh, and then, you know, like uh, also like I fell in love with someone at this winery. I don't want to be doing this. Like all this stuff comes later. We don't get that in the first 10 minutes in like in a book or something we would we would have already have like lived in that story with the character and it's um yeah with these movies too it's like a really good lesson too of like almost having to be highly expository which is something I really don't like doing is like having to really spell it out but you have to because we have 90 minutes a tight 90 minutes um, with these people. So it's like, well, we're lost. We don't know why he's being mad. Like we could have used something we learned 45 minutes in at the top, even if it like read clunky, it probably would have sounded weird, but we would have been like, okay, I guess he's not like an asshole. He's just like, you know, wounded. (laughs) Right. He's wounded and you're allowed allowed to love him. It's okay. We did try, but um, no, if I could do one more pass, I would soften him up a bit. And if anything, be more like curious about her and less like instantly. But that's also the kind of that's notes I was getting was like, he can't want want to do it immediately. And initially there was a drafter who was like, all right. And they were like, well, then what's the movie? He just like wants to do it. And I, you're like, oh, okay, like I get, I guess he really doesn't want to at first. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> What are you going to do? But that is a big what the fuck for me, um, watching it as the writer being like, ooh. Well, it's nothing that we've never seen before in terms of like unwarranted antagonism. So it felt yeah. really true to the genre. And Very you're not really supposed to, to know that he was engaged once until like, you know, an hour and a half in. Well, it's 90 minutes, but you know what I mean, right. including commercials. Yeah. For um, sure. That, that, that's, right. an, that's an act three revelation. <laughs> It is. And I do like some of my favorite uh, romance novelists are like Emily Henry, who does great rom-coms. And a lot of like her books do an unfolding of the mystery of why. I think, too, I'm like influenced by that, that I'm like, no, 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 I'm not going to spoon feed the audience. Like, you'll find out. You just wait. But I'm going to tell you, it doesn't play as much in a Hallmark style rom-com. It's kind of like we got to know. but. Um, I love the genre, like, for what it is. Like, it is campy and cheesy. And, like, there's so many elements of my movie that are, like, campy and cheesy. And it's a win we got anything substantial in it, you know, with the cultural stuff. Um, But, like, I usually, like, with my friends, we, like, sort of, quote, unquote, like, hate watch them. Like, in a way that you're, like, we we know what it is and we love it. And it's, like, uh, part adoration, like part making fun sometimes of like the genre, uh, which sounds rude to say as someone who, who writes it, but also I'm like aware of what it right. is. Um, and our movie is aware of what it is too. I think we could tell that while watching it good. a little bit. <laughs> That's good. Uh, oh, and this is a what the fuck for me is um, when Heather emotionally manipulates Rudy into doing the Christmas festival by mentioning a sob story about her dead mom. <laughs> Well, yeah. mom is dead and life is hard. Obviously. Mom's dead, life's hard. But she is literally like... She pulled that card out at the right time. You know, she pulled it out and it was it worked really well. But uh, re-watching it, I was like, ooh. Uh, because it literally is like, 
he's like, why? Like, we're not going to do it. Like, why does this matter to you? Like, stop bringing this up. And she's like, well, ever since my mom died. (laughs) (laughs) And it's one of those, like, truly, like, of the genre Hallmark moments where normally watching these movies, like, when they sit down over a fireplace, I'm like, and here's where we learn about her dead dad. Yeah. You know, yeah. like that, and it's so formulaic, and these things always are. But that was also a thing where I had been given a note of like, um, uh, it doesn't feel like that would change his mind. Just her like wanting to do it, and him liking her at this point, like it's not enough. So can we can we bring up something more personal? Like, what about her mom? So like, so then you write it in, but then you watch it, and you're like, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> like we should have just left it. Um, <laughs> So that's on my drinking bingo. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. One moment where I'm like, we didn't need that, but that's fine. And again, these are the little tiny things that like make the genre what it is like aggressive up top, you know, using the dead mom as like kind of like looking off into the distance monologue moment. Like you kind of have to have them. Otherwise, what it, it's just like a normal rom com like small budgets so all this stuff it's like kids are expensive pets are expensive um so you have to pick and choose but um yeah that's another what the fuck for me is like shannon being like the only person manning this like camera crew like she is the camera she often tilts down (laughs) to look with her own eyes yeah to be like oh my best friend is falling in love oh oopsie you're ruining the shot and then i'm like no wonder tammy is over here being like what the hell are you guys doing (laughs) that's another one i feel like anytime we cut to tammy i'm like we are suddenly in a different movie like the coloring of everything like uh, we're like immediately in an entirely different film um you gotta have the cold boss though but you have to have the cold boss um, and I wrote her always with headphones affixed to her ears and always doing a power pose and she crushed it. That's what she's yeah. doing. She, yeah, she is. If you watch, like it was written, like Tammy always has earbuds in, always power posing. And she literally is. She crushed it. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm so glad we got to have this conversation because I'm like, right. This makes so much sense. And I'm glad, like, I'm glad we've gotten some like, almost validation on sort of how I think we think about these movies. Yeah, Um, sure. But, um, you know, like, it's really, like, I'm, you know, I'm happy that there there is the thought that goes into it, even if it doesn't always make it to the screen. Yeah. Yeah. I guess is the way, you know. And Hannah and I feel the same way. Like, we both love these movies, but we also know exactly what they are like we love it when they're just almost just as much as if they're terrible and then we laugh yeah. at them and we drink about it and it's amazing and then if it's really cute it's like oh yay totally um, so I think it's a boon that you are an, a writer who feels the same way and um can have that kind of layered into your work of that that um I don't know self-awareness it's very important yeah I mean it, it's interesting talking about the movie because I don't want to like shit on it because I like it I think like I'm proud of what we made um but I am aware of what the genre is and like you know the pitfalls of it and stuff um so I'm like really happy with it but yeah like even through the writing process you're like very aware of what it is and also the notes you're getting make you extremely aware of the genre you're writing um 
because even the rom-com I'd written before, like I got a note where like too too sad at the end, too real, she can't cry. Like no tears for this. Like no tears. Just like she can have a thought and she can look out, but like no tears. So right. she, she can stare wistfully yeah, out the window. You know? So like when you're getting notes like this is feeling too heavy or too real, then you're like, well, I can only like do so much within this framework. Um so yeah, so but I, I even that said, like I love the genre and I love writing for it. Um, even with the little restraints here and there, like totally. And at the end of the day, I'm like, it's nice to write a happy little story because the world can be a real dark, heavy place. And I'm like, and if this is what I'm writing right now is like fluffy fun town times, like that's great. Like it serves its purpose. And I don't know, I'd rather be spending my time in that world of like, how do I make them love each other more or whatever? Like, um, then I don't know, like the production company has asked like, do you write thrillers? And I'm like, no, I, I don't. And I won't. Cause I already have night terrors and I can't be like, Oh, but like, how does she get abducted? Like, I can't spend my time doing that because I'm already afraid of everything. So I have to be like, no, no. Like, what scene can I show where they're just so in love? Yeah, <laughs> where I'll live, making yeah. snowmen. You know, yeah, we, we, yeah, we need we need the writers for those, and we need the the viewers for those because yeah, we all need that escapism. It's true, totally. That's what these are. Yeah because they're not real it's like science fiction you watch it and there's things where you're like well that wouldn't happen or what that wouldn't where's the money how could they do that in seven days you know money's no object object yeah there's elements that are still in it like how okay so the episode is airing on christmas what's happening like uh (laughs) you know that you just like have to sort of suspend belief and be like well that is just what is happening and and we can't think too much about it otherwise we'll hurt our heads um trying to be like but why and how and like and like you already got customers it's been how many hours since the festival i'm confused um right (laughs) i actually had a quick question while i had because it just popped into my brain and i remember us talking about it in our conversation before i don't know how i'm gonna edit this together but it's gonna be great um um, I'm curious as to the plot point where, so Rudy and Anton are talking, yeah. right? And, and he's like, I've decided what I'm going to do right now. Rudy yeah. does. And he gets up and goes and Anton's like, okay, cool. But then like, so that's like the moment usually where he's like, he's going to go get her at the airport. Mm-hmm. But then it's like a week and a half later and like nothing has happened. And she's the one that comes back. Was that, a, how, how, how did that moment necessarily, like, how did okay. that work? That was, uh, the timeline of that was two things uh she's launching the european tour um in january and also irish women's christmas happens on january 6th january 6th which is so funny my husband was like january 6th why'd you mention that in this and i was like what are you talking about and he's like isn't that like when the insurgents happened at like the white house and i was like oh fuck um but (laughs) women's christmas was a tradition long before that um but so that was like the timing of that was like okay we want to like circle back to that and he's like helping her dad clean up and stuff because women's christmas and uh manny's still uh a man (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. manny who is a man um and he is a man um 
are cleaning up after Christmas. Uh, so she was already coming back to be like, and I'm going to see Rudy. Um, and he was just like out of her house. <laughs> Which is, I get, I guess what my question is, is he seemed so urgent at before Christmas to go see her again. <laughs> so it made me sad that he didn't try to go see her again. So I was wondering what your thoughts <laughs> were. Yeah, no, he, and, and Anton is like, oh, oh, you're like going right now. Um, I yeah. guess in, in movie world, he's like <laughs> making preparations, <laughs> yeah. you know, he's like, uh, <laughs> maybe he went to buy a I'll new outfit. It. He, maybe he went and talked to Manny. Like, what do you think? Uh, maybe he was like, I'm going to go to LA. No, like I fucked it up. Uh, I'll, I'll just, <laughs> I'll bide my time. No, I'm going to buy a ticket and go to Europe. Uh, what was Rudy thinking? Yeah. Um, that's a great question (laughs) (laughs) that uh i don't know the answer to um that's fair (laughs) hey now i'm invited to create to fill in my own blanks yeah i mean again some of those you have to like suspend belief and be like i get why why are you running out of the building when you weren't gonna see her for like another week (laughs) you were just like didn't know she was even coming or did he not know did manny tell Rudy like she's coming you know he's got matchmaker vibes who knows clearly sure does mostly for himself but for sure also for him any final thoughts Hannah Katie um before we ask you about your where can people find you details um I want to open the floor up to any further questions I mean I don't think so I feel like I've talked too much so not at all not at all yeah no this was great um so you know if you want to tell us where people can find you or your work or yeah like follow what you're doing next all of that Um, yeah yeah so I have a website and so you can go to that website which is my name (laughs) katiewilbert.com um and that's where I mostly post like what's happening now or like sketches things. Um, mo- most of it's R rated, but you know, then there's like things like a vineyard Christmas, which are on there. Um, and then also Instagram, just my name. I like to keep it pretty simple. Um, and then as far as things I'm working on now, um, pitching out a, a female driven stoner comedy r-rated will not be a hallmark style movie um if it was uh that would be a real genre bender but um and then i've just written another christmas movie that um i wrote during the strike that's kind of like sweet home alabama but like christmas uh ex-husband and wife like get back together um but that also i kind of wrote not like g-rated so where will we see it? I I do not know. Um, I Lifetime think, passion flicks, maybe. I mean, there's like a, a steamy love scene in it, and I was like, I don't know if I can cut this. But thank you so much. <laughs> thank, thank you so you much, for Katie, me. for being here, uh, for reaching out to us. Everybody, watch this movie because uh, you heard it literally from the mouth of of the horse, the horse's mouth. That's what they say. I'm the horse, and it's my mouth, and it's and it's all right. So. Thanks, everybody. And thank you to Katie, who joined us. Uh, That was really special. And we appreciate that she 
reached out and asked us to watch this movie because I genuinely don't know if I would have found this this early in I probably would have found this in like March if it's <laughs> <laughs> not for her. Um, so that we can talk about this movie. Um, and make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all those places. One kiss means forever, where the one and the four are numerals. And if you'd like to email us for any reason, I don't know, maybe you wrote a movie and you want us to watch it and talk about it together, um, email us at onekissmeansforever at gmail.com. And that's all spelled out as you see it on our logo. And thank you, as always, to Flint Pastures for our intro outro music. You can find his stuff on Apple Music, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Um, and because we're nearing the end of Christmas, just to let everybody know, uh, after you know, our final Christmas episode, we go back to our, ever, you know, our every other week schedule as normal. So just, we didn't forget about you. Don't worry no. about it. So we'll see you next time. See you next time. Thank you so much, Katie. Bye. Bye. Adam Sandler, dude. <laughs> Unsung hero.